How many times have you seen a Twitter dogpile happen around a company that screwed something up and then either didn't apologize or apologized so badly they actually made it 10,000 times worse? We've all seen it. It used to be crises were few and far between, limited to organizations hit by natural disasters or unethical or downright criminal executives. But today, today we have keyboard warriors who can make the littlest thing a crisis for any organization. As a communications expert like you, I watch it all with wonder and armchair quarterback the heck out of it. We're all human and we've all been hit by the keyboard warriors in some form. Mistakes and screw-ups happen, world events happen, natural disasters happen, and you can't please everyone, so someone at some point will take you to task online. You will unfortunately, eventually, have to deal with some sort of crisis communication. You'll do a much better job of it if you're prepared. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks Podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Welcome back to the Spin Sucks Podcast. You never really expect the worst to happen, do you? You might have contingency plans and some emergency protocols and theoretically be prepared to respond calmly, but it's still quite a shock when it happens because it does happen. And when it happens, our first instinct is to be emotional. That's the beauty and the beast of being a human being. But what you do in response can be huge in how your organization is perceived. You can do it well or you can do it badly. It can be a relatively normal part of your operations, something that's forecast and documented and run by the people in charge. Or it can be a nightmare of bad media, social media masses and freaked out unhappy team members. When crises happen, it's never fun, but you can do some work now to make sure that you handle it as well as possible later. At a high level, there are two types of crises you'll likely to run into, those that your company caused and those that affect it just by being. It's not really possible to identify one as worse or better than the other. If your company did something that ends up needing crisis communications, that's a bad day for everyone involved. But you do have a lot more control over the situation. If it's something that happened outside of your control, maybe a third-party supplier you use went off the rails or a natural disaster for one of your locations. These, of course, aren't the fault of anyone at your organization, but you're going to be doing the frontline response to your customers anyway. When there's a crisis of any kind, it's time to start communication. This means the way your company is communicating with the broader world about the issue. There are lots of ways you can do crisis communications. Facebook Live updates, real-time Twitter updates, a dark site that is now up and running with information about what's going on and how it affects your stakeholders, or you can even go old school and hold a news conference. A couple of weeks ago, any site that uses social warfare as their social media plugin, count us as among many, many of their users, we are one of them, any site that uses them was hacked. And the sites were redirected to, shall we say, unsavory content. A client said to me, I almost dropped my iPad when I went to your site and it took me to porn. So that was fun. But what was worse is we had zero communication from social warfare. We pay to use their plugin and they did not even send an email. I learned that it was causing the issue from a friend whose husband is a computer whiz. Slowly, information got out about it, but from bloggers and influencers, not from the company. 
not good. It was bad. And it took almost a full day to fix it. Conversely, Facebook was down a few weeks ago. And for those of us who rely on Facebook ads as a good source of income generation, it made for a miserable few hours. But they did a few things really well. They posted on Twitter consistently that they were down. When you went to the site, you were redirected to a page that said it was down and they were working on it. And they gave consistent and real-time updates. It's not often you can say nice things about how Facebook is run, but they did handle that particular crisis well. They moved quickly. They were consistent. They were focused on the right audiences. And they were compassionate as they dealt with people who were having major meltdowns. Let's break down each of those things that they did well. Moving quickly in a crisis is one of the most important things to work toward. It doesn't take long after an event for the machine of social media to start working. And the questions about why isn't company B responding? Do they care? Did they notice? Are their lawyers drafting up something that means they won't have to take any responsibility? Whether those questions indicate any sort of reality is really beside the point. If your company needs to be present and active in their crisis communications, then getting a statement out there fast means you have more control and influence over the conversation. Even if it's only to say, we know this is an issue and we're working to fix it. We'll be back in X amount of time to update you again. Thank you for your patience. And then if you say, we'll be back in 15 minutes or an hour or two hours or however long it happens to be, be back in that time. If you don't maintain control of the crisis, you'll be in reactionary mode and that puts your entire organization on the wrong foot. Get in front of the questions and set the tone for the discussion that needs to be had. This leads directly into the next point. When you are framing the discussion, especially around something that is emotionally fraught or sensitive, it is vital, vital to be compassionate. Whatever happened may have been your fault or it may not have been, but if people are upset or scared or angry or hurt or confused or panicked, you need to be respectful and considerate of that whether or not you agree with the emotion. Lead with compassion, take people's feelings into account, and back your words up with actions that support your community. Next, it's important to be consistent. If your company Twitter account is personal and you make a joke and you send a lighthearted message of, oops, how embarrassing, then you can't have everything that you then communicate out of your Twitter account be filled with profound sentiments of deep regret and your statement to the media shouldn't be heartless but legally safe jargon. If you have a fun personality behind the brand, make sure it's consistent when you're communicating the crisis. You need one set of messages that addresses the different needs of your different stakeholders but still conveys one sentiment and is on brand. If you are inconsistent, it will get out and it will not be pleasant. The difference audiences you have for your communications in a crisis strategy matter as well. It's important to be focused and direct the heart of your message to the right ones. If a company error has caused harm to your customers, a public statement about how much you value your investors adds salt to the wound. The people who have been hurt the most are the ones who should have the majority of your attention, whether or not that will affect your bottom line. Finally, if you find yourself and your company in a situation where you have to perform crisis management, go into all of your social media networks and turn off scheduled posts and ads. There is a time and place for fun engagement posts and promotional campaigns. In the middle of a crisis is not it. It looks bad and can make a difficult situation much, much worse. 
The best defense in crisis communications is not a good offense. Rather, it's excellent preparation. Think about your strategies, messaging, and key stakeholders now. So if it does hit the fan, and it will hit the fan, you're ready. So there we have it. It used to be crises were few and far between and not very many organizations were affected by them. Today, though, we all have to be prepared. If you're prepared for at least one crisis every year, you'll be in great shape. Get yourself prepared and be ready to handle yourself and your brand messaging quickly, consistently, with focus and compassion, but without emotion. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Spin Sucks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Spin Sucks or join us on Facebook by searching for Spin Sucks. I'd love your examples of the good, the bad, and the absolutely ugly of crisis communications. Who has impressed you? Who hasn't? Join the conversation and let's discuss. Next week, I'll be back with a scintillating breakdown of requests for proposals and why I hate them more than snow in April. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 